Hi, I'm Betty Long, and welcome to the Lighting Your Way podcast. During season two, we are delving in deeper to the amazing lives and stories of nurses and other healthcare professionals from around the country. We will also be talking with a few of my nurse advocate colleagues at Guardian Nurses, and on occasion, even some real live patients. You'll get a behind the scenes peek at the healthcare system, as well as get advice on how to get the best care when you or a loved one is a patient. The COVID-19 pandemic has created a nurse staffing crisis that is forcing many U.S. hospitals to turn to travel nurses to give them the help they need to handle the crush of patients. Some trace the start of travel nursing to the late 1970s when extra nurses were brought to New Orleans to care for the influx of people during Mardi Gras. Since then, the number of travel nursing agencies and contracts has grown. And now we have the COVID-19 pandemic. The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics projects that the current nursing shortage will get worse by 2025. So opportunities for travel nurses are not likely to slow down any time in the near future. Today, we talk with Abby Heitner, a travel nurse whose clinical specialty is pediatric critical care. Bitten by the travel nursing bug four years ago, she hit the road in California and hasn't looked back. Well, okay, maybe she's looked back once or twice. In the early days of the COVID pandemic, when pediatric units were not busy, Abby explains that there were few travel assignments to be had. She worked for about six months as the COVID team leader for HBO in Hollywood. Unrelated to her nursing and COVID expertise, she is an avid world traveler, athlete, and adventurer. Throughout our conversation, you can feel Abby's passion, not just for travel, but also for her role as a nurse. Abby Heitner, welcome to the Lighting Your Way podcast. Thank you uh, very much for taking time to join us. Uh, you're, you're talking with me from Seattle, Washington, I think, right? That's correct. I am. Yeah. And uh, you are, uh, hopefully, you, you fared okay in the recent torrential rains out there. I think that was yesterday. <laughs> I just finished drying off. It's been a long process, but um, <laughs> but we yeah. finally got some sun today. Oh, good. Okay, yeah. It was Our nurses out in Seattle said it was brutal, um, all the rain and mudslides. So glad you're okay. Um, so let's get started talking about you. Uh, and before we talk about travel nursing, which is why you're joining us tonight. Tell me about what led you uh, to your career in nursing. I think that it was um, written in the stars before I was uh, <laughs> ever born. My father is an emergency room doctor and my mom was an emergency room nurse. Ah. Um, and growing up, I was just captivated by their conversations over the dinner table as they would <laughs> tell about, you know, what happened at work. And of course they're, you know, using these words that I didn't understand at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was, it was a bonding time actually for myself and my parents that we would watch the show ER, uh, <laughs> that was on TV way back when right, and right. my parents, couldn't help themselves but uh, jump in and say, oh, that, that side rail's down or that wouldn't be like that. They, yes, they wouldn't do that. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I, I am, I'm, I'm kindred spirits with your parents. Yes. Okay. So that was, uh, so then you just, did, did your dad want you to go uh, into medicine? Was he jealous that you went the, into nursing? 
Um, no, actually, he was a big advocate for me going to nursing. I um, I started out pre-med when I went away to college, and I had, was so fortunate to study abroad in Spain. And when I was abroad, I realized that this idea of spending the next decade of my life in school was not was not my dream. And right. <laughs> uh, I think that I was going into medicine for the wrong reasons. So when I came back, I switched majors and switched to nursing, and I have truly never looked back. Wow. So your mom must be very proud of you. <laughs> I hope so. I hope she's listening <laughs> to this sometime. But yeah, I hope yes, so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm sure your father is as well. Are they still uh, actively working? They are not. They're both retired. That's great. Okay. See, there is retirement in the future. Uh, they, You know, my friends yeah. <laughs> say nurses never retire, but uh, they just go per diem. But I, I think that there are some instances when people do retire. So so you, you, you are uh, genetically predisposed to go into nursing, but what got you interested in being a travel nurse? I met, I was so lucky to work in a hospital that we had travel nurses and we had many travel nurses come through and seeing their lifestyle from the outside, um, getting to talk to them about the cities they've experienced, the places they've been, the idea of taking time off between contracts, um, just the versatility and the flexibility that came with traveling. It was on my mind for to be honest, three years before I took okay. the leap. And right. okay. um, and it was something that I'd entertained, but never knew if I would be good at it, if I was independent enough, if I was brave enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, one day I just actually was having a bad day at work and I pressed submit on an application and I got approved <laughs> the next day. Oh, and um, I said, all right, well, we're doing this. <laughs> all right. Off and running. <laughs> so, so that, so that makes it begs a question. So not every nurse uh, is cut out to be a travel nurse, just as every nurse is not cut out to work in the ER, right. Or in the operating room. So besides packing light, uh, tell us what you consider to be qualities <laughs> of someone who can be uh, a successful travel nurse. You mentioned independence. What, what other qualities do you think uh, lends themselves well? Being very flexible. It's, uh, it's not just yeah, traveling light, but also approaching every new situation, every new city with an open heart and open mind, talking to a lot of strangers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I bet, that's yeah. the best way to make friends and meet people. And um, just also, yeah, really being able to go with the flow. It's a new house every three months, a new place to live, a new bed to lay your head, um, you know, new people to work with, a new team. It's It requires a lot of, um, you know, just rolling with it and, yeah. you know, counting, counting the good with the bad and, and just, uh, you know, really realizing that you're on a huge adventure. <laughs> yeah, that that's for sure. That's for sure. So a lot of people, and I think nurses are included in this, it, we think that travel nursing means extended assignments to exotic places like Hawaii, uh, but that is not necessarily true and certainly not true during COVID. And these days, you know, it might mean you're working at the hospital three miles from your house. So can you share the more common more accurate definition of travel nursing, the one that you fell in love with when you hit submit? Absolutely. 
it's uh, it's a combination of both of those things, actually. So it's not always the exotic tropical locations, but uh, it really is truly you decide where you go. So you 100% have um, all of the say in which city you end up in, which hospital you end up in. You can, uh, as a travel nurse, you can chase money and choose to go to the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, and Mm -hmm. work in a rural, uh, you know, less desirable location and Mm -hmm. make more money because they are looking for staff and and they're a little bit, you know, more um, just in a, in a pinch and they really need someone fast or you can choose the way that I have done it is uh, that I really want to choose it based on the city and the location and the season. Okay. So I have chased seasons uh, in my four years of traveling and I have spent my past four winters in Denver, Colorado so that I can ski and be in the snow. And I have spent my summers (laughs) in California and now Seattle and I have just tried to line up my life with where you want to be when. <laughs> wow, that's great. Yeah, and looking downfield will be another quality, right? To look at the seasons and figure out where you want to be. Wow. Yeah. Have you ever been, uh, when you say, you know, you've, you've gone to Colorado for skiing, not not ever in Alaska or, or kind of the colder climates like that, you've stayed away from that. It's mostly about the, the uh, outdoor sports. Yeah, exactly. The outdoor adventure is what drives my life and then drives my travel nursing city location. That's great. And so these these assignments are typically, what is it, 12 weeks? Uh, 13 weeks. Oh, 13 weeks. Okay. And then do you often get extended or, or is that just like 13 weeks and you're out of there? I've actually only extended once. All of the rest of my assignments have all been the 13 weeks, and then you're ready to move on to a new location. Okay. It's um, it's not always, it doesn't always work out that you can extend. Sometimes uh, if the need continues at the hospital, the option is there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, after 13 weeks, it's, okay, great. Well, you know, I got into traveling so that I could experience more places and give cities a trial run, as I call it. I don't know where I want to live eventually and where I want to set down roots. So travel nursing has just been the most beautiful exploration of different cities Mm -hmm. and getting to test them and see what do I want to live here? Can I stay here longer? And, uh, and it really fuels me to just keep seeing more of the United States and moving on to the next place to explore more. Wow. So you, you said you've been doing it for four years. And where did you uh, start in nursing? Where did you, uh, you know, where was your first uh, assignment or not assignment, but your first job? My very first job ever was in California. I started actually in the neonatal ICU. Great. And I uh, then worked my way uh, north to, to still Southern California, but a little bit north to Santa Barbara. Okay. And I switched to pediatrics. And then from pediatrics, I cross-trained and eventually fully switched into the pediatric ICU. And wow. that is how I've been traveling since. It's all been in the peds ICU. Oh, wow. Okay. So so what, I think there's a misconception uh, among nurses, I know for sure, that travel nurses get the worst patient assignments. Is that, has that been your experience? It has not. I have... Every hospital I've entered, it has been a core staff that is 
they're inviting travelers in because they are short-staffed. They are, um, you know, having higher acuity. They need help. And so when you come in as a traveler, I've always truly been met with open arms of, thank you so much. You're here to help us. And That's you right. are making, you know, work a little bit safer, a little bit easier, a little bit better. You're a new face, new energy. And I just try to approach every assignment in that manner that, um, that, you know, I am there to help. I also realize I'm temporary. So, you know, if I get a, you know, a rougher assignment on one day that right. everything in that realm is temporary for, you know, the good and the bad. That's great. No, that's a that's a great attitude for the folks to 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 offer you, right? Because I think it it always hasn't been that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when it, it, when we yeah. when we think of travelers too, I think they're also besides, of course, the adventure and the chance to experience other cultures and areas of the country. There is the ability, particularly now during the COVID nineteen pandemic, to receive more uh, financial compensation. But besides the salaries, what other benefits are there? Do you get housing? Do you get like what other benefits do you get? Yeah, so your pay breakdown is made into three different areas. Uh, one is your hours worked at the hospital. Another sector is your um, is your meals and per diem that okay. they account for of gas money or or so getting to and from work. And right. then the other area is housing. So uh-huh. they would pro- they are happy to provide housing for you, and if you do take the company housing, then you they don't give you that you know third of your paycheck. Okay, got it. Um, so uh, it's very common among travelers. Primarily, people choose to find their own housing, and then they give you a stipend in order to aid you in that process. Oh, that's great. So so you're in Seattle, so you found your own place to live in Seattle. I did, yes. Lucky you, because that, that is <laughs> that hard. process can be difficult. So you don't always, you know, it's part of the the truths and the lies about travel nursing. You're not living in beautiful, luxurious homes all the time. You right. do get to decide where you live, but when you come to a place like Seattle, where housing is so hard to come by, yes, and yes. especially temporary furnished three months lease housing. <laughs> exactly. You, right. You sometimes find yourself in less desirable places, but it all it all works out and ultimately I'm not here for where I live. I'm here for everything outside of my home. Right. And and it's part of the adventure, right? It's part of the yeah. Part of the adventure yep. <laughs> of figuring out where to live. Um, so most of our listeners may not know that nurses do require professional licenses in the state that they practice in. And getting that license means obviously sitting for an exam right after nursing school. And when you pass, you receive your nursing license in that state. So how do you as a travel nurse address the licensing requirement, right? Like you've worked in California, you've worked in Washington, you've worked in Colorado. How does that work? Well, I get fingerprinted a lot is the short answer. (laughs) Um, I apply for each state individually, which is quite a tedious and expensive process. Um, There is such thing as a compact state license that if I had taken my initial examination called the NCLEX, 
in a compact state. I believe now that there's 30 or 32 states throughout the United States that have joined the compact licensure. Okay. However, I initially took my examination in California and they are not compact. Oh. So that means that I get to apply for each state one by one and mm. I get fingerprinted. I submit a lot of information. I submit paperwork to California to have them submit paperwork to whatever state I'm applying to. Wow. It's, it's a wow. long, argu- not arduous, but it's a long, tedious process of lots of paperwork and lots of fingerprints. <laughs> right. And, and plus lots of CEUs to maintain that license. Absolutely. Yes. Wow. Every state requires their own CEUs. And then it requires lots of reminders on your phone and in your planner of when right, exactly. things are due to expire. <laughs> it's due. Right. Did you mention organized back in the qualities of a successful travel nurse? <laughs> organized <laughs> and tech and tech savvy organized and tech savvy right exactly so the i guess the good news uh in all this is that a nursing uh a patient is pretty consistent right heart disease in california looks like heart disease in alabama and cancer in washington is probably cancer in colorado so talk can you talk a little bit about what is different and and what challenges you've faced in going from hospital to hospital Absolutely. Every hospital, of course, has their own policies and procedures, and right. there's no, you know, that phrase that everyone can do something a little bit different. Um, right. So even something as simple as, you know, priming IV tubing, that every hospital has their own way of doing it, of how to keep sterility, how to um, do a central line dressing change on a patient. So there okay. are those uh, kind of, you know, more day-to-day tasks that mm-hmm. are very slightly. And um, and then I guess a big picture, every hospital is set up just slightly different, um, mm-hmm. you know, where you get your meds, where you uh, you know, complete your charting, things like that. And then also the mentality at different hospitals vary. So some hospitals are really focused on teaching and on incorporating, you know, if you have fellows or residents and, um, you know, as they're doing their training as well as student nurses and other hospitals focus a lot, especially in the pediatric population on family centered care. So this has been very different in different regions, and it's been surprising, actually, of how willing uh, different hospitals are to incorporate the families into their child's care and how much they allow them to almost lead and dictate their child's care. Uh That's been surprising and and different. (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting. Um, We have a couple of uh, peds nurses on our guardian nurses team and their experience at Children's Hospital Philadelphia is that it's very family centric. Um, And and they often remark about how, quote, the adult world (laughs) sounds like a sci fi movie. The adult world uh, is much different. Right. So so the pediatric world, at least at CHOP in Philadelphia, is much more geared toward including parents and 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 siblings of the patient. Uh, And you just assume that that's what it would be like everywhere, but I guess not. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the places that I've been that do uh, function in that manner have been some of my favorite places having, you know, it's, it is a whole, a whole family that is involved and 
you get to see them at their highs, their lows, and really getting to connect with families as well as patients mm -hmm. and including them every day in rounds and in all of the processes that, right. that we're taking. You know, it sounds to me in, in 13 weeks, you have a lot to figure out. Those first couple of weeks <laughs> must be pretty stressful for you. New computer <laughs> systems, new, you know, medication charting, new this, new that. Wow. Good for you. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's, a lot. it's uh it's like everything. With practice, you get a little bit better at it. But my first year of travel nursing was not always pretty. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Look at you. You're four years in now. You're good. You're a veteran. <laughs> I'm a veteran now. Now I, you know, I don't cry after my first day anymore. I'm, I'm good uh, to go. <laughs> that's good. That's good. See, it's progress. Good for you. Uh, but think about, no, seriously, Abby, think about all the, the, the stuff that you've learned and, and how much you've changed uh, and probably could go into any situation, right. Uh, and, and handle it because it's a lot of, a lot of challenge to, to walk into a different hospital every 13 weeks or so and learn all of those things and still function and, and take care of patients and safely. Right. That's a, that's a wonderful accomplishment. You should be proud of yourself. Really. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, so you've mentioned you're a peds nurse, which uh, as Robin tells me on our team, she takes care of little people. So, um, but during the early <laughs> days of COVID, Children were not being infected or hospitalized. So that led to a very interesting gig, is from what I understand from our earlier conversation. So can you talk a little bit about your work during the early days of the pandemic? Yes, I exactly as you mentioned, couldn't find a travel nurse job. Most of the pediatric and pediatric ICU units were very low census, if right. not closed which was wonderful for them. And I right. wish that was still the case. Right. Um, and so it actually rerouted me through a friend of a friend. I became the COVID compliance supervisor for Warner Media, And more specifically, uh, I became the onset COVID nurse for <laughs> uh, a main HBO TV show. And then uh, went on to do the same job for a feature film. Wow. So what did that job look like? I'm sure it's a lot different than uh, the new hospital. What what did it look like? It was very different. And that was also quite the learning curve. Uh, yeah. We were dealing with basically a very new virus. We didn't know how it was transmitted at the time. We didn't know if gathering, you know, in groups, even staying six feet apart was safe. We didn't know so many details that we know now. Right. Fast forward two years that we're into this pandemic uh, and it was pre-vaccine. So everything was scary. Everything was new. And uh, they, you know, the film industry is a very large industry in Los Angeles and makes up for a lot of people's jobs and well-being and how they support their families. Right. So after, um, you know, after quarantine was lifted a little bit in Los Angeles, they decided that they were going to get back to work. Okay. And, uh, and you know, bring everyone back and start filming again. But they wanted someone that was outside of the film sector, and there comes me. <laughs> so, actually, the very first uh, the very first TV show that started filming again in Los Angeles was my TV show that I was on. So I was oh. one of the first people serving this position, 
And I didn't have that much guidance. So it was definitely a lot of figuring it out on the fly. But the, the role ultimately kind of, uh, just formed and uh, and came to be that I was keeping track and supervising all of the COVID testing. So okay. everyone that was on set was co- was tested one to three times per week. Wow. And I would respond if we had a COVID positive of um, doing contact tracing, figuring out who was in close contact, who needed to quarantine, if that person uh, needed to, if their symptoms were more severe, if they needed to okay. be hospitalized, um, just really trying to react and first and foremost, keep COVID off of our set. And right. then if COVID did come into set, how we respond and how we go from there. Wow. Well, yeah, because uh, no one knew, right? It was the early days we were all making it up. Right. We were all trying to figure out what to do. So did um, so how long did you did you have that role? So I actually was in that role for six months. Okay. did did, so back to your mom and dad looking at the ER with you. (laughs) Did you tell them why that you you wanted to make sure that the bed rails were up? (laughs) Did you tell the producer (laughs) of the shows? Listen, my parents. Yes. (laughs) Actually, um, the feature film I was on, I was able to be kind of function in that capacity as well. There were Great. a few different uh, medical scenes, so I was able to uh, insert a fake IV and make nice. sure that it was, you know, put in appropriately, would be, you know, in the antecubital vein and be in the right place. And then uh, actually there was a medical scene, and at the time we were trying to limit you know, new people coming onto the set and trying to just keep our core group. So they put me in the movie. Atta <laughs> and girl, atta I girl. am actually in the film as, nice. um, as a nurse. <laughs> oh, that a girl. How long did you train for that role? No. <laughs> that's great. Did I'm you get, were you for a decade now? <laughs> that's right. Were you part of the, um, were you part of the credits? Did they, they list you in the credits? They will. The movie hasn't come out yet. It'll be oh, out next okay. September, but uh, but I will be in the credits. <laughs> oh, congratulations! That's great. Wow, Thanks. that's great. It's, that's good. It was that is... one of those pinch me moments where you never know where nursing can lead you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right. I I think that's great, and I think I'm I'm proud of you for doing it correctly. Your parents will be proud of you. <laughs> So, so uh, when you when you look back, um, you know, on your travel career, what is there a favorite hospital assignment that you've had, and 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 why, or how long were you there? Tell us. Is there anything that really resonates with you that that was one of your favorites? Yes. Well, Denver. This since this will be my fourth winter coming up, uh, that I will be headed there after Seattle. Okay. I think they're doing something right. So <laughs> I not only love the outdoors there, but I have enjoyed a, one hospital in particular that actually has a shared pediatric ICU and their pediatric cardiac unit. Oh, so okay. usually those those two units are split. And so this hospital that I've been fortunate to work at for several years has it uh, combined. And it's been just wonderful to be able to learn more about baby hearts and all of the things that can go right and all the things that can go wrong in utero and how they're forming. Oh, that's great. Do you, and do you, when you get back, I'm sure they remember you and, and welcome you with open arms. Abby's back. 
<laughs> it, it's snow <laughs> it, season. It does feel. <laughs> it feels like a home away from home for sure. <laughs> yeah. Do you stay at the? Do you try to stay at the same place if you can? Yeah, uh, like a, an apartment. I, I do. That's great. Yeah. So at least you feel like you have some continuity, right? Something familiar. Because I imagine, I, I yeah. guess when we've traveled uh, for guardian nurses, and it's been sometimes for extended periods of time, you know, you get used to the place that you're staying in, but then, you know, you want to go home. So ha- wh- where's home for you? Um, well, I I have a storage locker in Santa Barbara. <laughs> so that I guess is as close to home as it gets, but I am also very fortunate that my partner lives in Los Angeles full time. So okay. I'm able to go and stay with him and I have a wonderful group of friends and a wonderful network there in LA. So That's that great. feels like my truest home. That's great. Okay. Um, all right. So I asked you about your favorite hospital assignment. Have you, have you, do you remember your worst <laughs> hospital assignment? I could never forget it. <laughs> ah, okay. You want to tell us? Um, yes, it was in. It was my very first assignment. It was the one that I pressed submit to, and then had a panic attack. Of, oh, right. Oh, okay. gosh, I'm really doing this. Yep. Um, and it was. I didn't wander too far from home for my first assignment. I just headed a little bit south to Los Angeles. Okay. So. I did my first contract in LA and it was a very busy, um, understaffed and undersupplied hospital. And I was working straight night shift and it was rough on all accounts. The patient assignment ratios were higher than is, you know, expected. Usually in the ICU, you have two patients is your maximum. Oftentimes there you would have three, sometimes Mm. four. And it was, it was scary. I was ready to give up after that first one. And everyone tells you when you become a travel nurse, if you've packed up your things and you've loaded up your car, you've got to give it at least one more chance. (laughs) Okay. Wow. And, and you did. and, And the next assignment was better. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's it. When when you have patient ratios that feel unsafe and you're a traveler, I can't imagine anything worse because, right, it's a new hospital. It's all the things that you've mentioned. Uh, And then to have four patients uh, in a pediatric ICU would be pretty scary. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So you said you're you're, uh, leaving Seattle in a few weeks and you'll be off to Colorado, Denver? That's correct. Okay. Do you ever take time off uh, during the year just to chill out? I do. I will actually be taking about a month and a half off between Seattle and Colorado. Oh, great. Um, Just to relax and to travel. I'll be going on a scuba diving trip and (laughs) uh, traveling to Mexico with my partner and just having some some fun time. I think that's the (laughs) most important part of, uh, you know, just being in a pandemic is realizing also that you can't take care of others if you don't take care of yourself. 
Right. Good for you. Yeah. Oh, and it, and it's funny to me that you're a travel nurse, but then when you're when you're not traveling as your job, you want to travel <laughs> for fun. <laughs> Clearly, there's a theme running through your life. <laughs> I spend a lot of my income on plane tickets. <laughs> yeah. 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 You must be in the million mile club on the, whoever uh, you're flying. <laughs> So, uh, so once bitten by the travel bug, sounds like you have been, um, with all this adventure and opportunity, do you envision, I guess, becoming a staff nurse at some point? And, and if that happens, where do you think you'll end up? You mentioned you're still kind of browsing different cities. Uh, what's on the top two list so far? <laughs> um, I guess, you know, that's the, that's the ongoing question of how do you give up this, uh, you know, in my my mind, I think of it as an ideal life. Right. It's obviously, you know, difficult to create community when you're always on the move and yeah. to really find, um, you know, a yoga studio that you love or a, um, you know, a certain restaurant that you become a regular at. You right. don't, you miss out on those aspects for sure. So I think that so far my leading two cities are Santa Barbara and Denver, Colorado. Ah, okay. Okay, for for all the reasons that you've mentioned. <laughs> you you have to go yeah. to your foot lock, you have to go to your storage locker. <laughs> it yeah, misses exactly. you. <laughs> <laughs> um so um do you think and how long do you think you'll be on the road again? I mean to to stay as a travel nurse. I think I have a few more years ahead of me that okay. I would ideally like to fulfill a few more stops that are high on my list. And um, some more adventure to be had before I, I really kind of settle down and put down some roots. Okay, right. Take take your put your suitcase away. Yes. So when you, <laughs> I, I do have to ask you that I have friends who are uh, one's a travel nurse, and she they have um, certain requirements for their luggage. Uh, they're not allowed to have more than two bags, and and it's very funny to me because that's their whole. Um, you know, it's, it's their whole world. Do you have, what bags do you, do you have certain <laughs> bags that you take on each of these assignments, like a big bag for clothes or a bit? Cause I'm sure you wear scrubs, right? To, to work. I do. Yeah. So it must be easy to pack your work clothes, but like, what does your luggage look like when you're going off to, uh, say Denver? <laughs> It's so funny. I have such a system now. I have it down that I could probably pack up and unpack in <laughs> under, if I'm really focusing, under an hour. Wow. For um, a 13-week assignment? <laughs> wow. That's everything great. has a place and everything has an assigned bag. So I have, <laughs> um, you know, five, I think it's four suitcases that I travel with that fit in my car. And when I go to pack up, everything has an assigned place okay. and it goes where it fits and then zipped up in the car. That also has an assigned place and off we go. Wow. Okay. And now, so when you're traveling for fun, <laughs> are you just as uh, a, a skilled a packer or are you kind of last minute? Oh, no, I hem and haw over what I'm going to take to travel for fun. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, it's a whole different thing when it's work. But when you're going to go to Mexico <laughs> for scuba diving, you're thinking, eh, maybe I'll take my flip-flops. Maybe not. Yeah. 
That's great. That's great. I I I really do. I appreciate a, a good packing, a good packing assignment. Um, when um, a colleague and I came out to Seattle uh, for a couple months last year, um, we we had two bags each. That we were we were proud of ourselves. Oh, wow, that, was that for, is very impressive. Yeah, that was only well, it was only for ten ten weeks, eleven weeks. Uh, it was right before. It was right as COVID was uh, blossoming, so we got home. Uh, mid-March. Um, all right. So what would you like our listeners to know about travel nursing? You, you've you told us a lot, which I really appreciate. It was very entertaining. And, and I actually learned uh, something about travel nursing that I didn't know. So thank you. Um, but is there anything you'd like to share with our listeners, both nursing and non-nursing? I would say that if you are a nurse and you've been considering travel nursing, you should take the leap the worst case scenario, you can always probably go back to where you came mm-hmm. from, and most people take that leap and they never look back. And so it took me three years to do it. I would strongly, strongly advise just giving it a go. You can meet new people, experience new places, learn how different hospitals do different things, really widen your understanding and, and your uh, experience as a nurse. And then if you are not in the medical field and you've been listening to this podcast, thank you. And and I guess my message to you would be if you ever meet a travel nurse, ask her if she wants to get dinner. She might be in a (laughs) whole new city all alone and probably spending a lot of meals at first alone. So just Uh reach out, offer a hand and a friendly face. (laughs) That's great. Right. Yeah. T- take you out to a place where the locals go, where, right? Not where the, yes. the tourists go. <laughs> well, I, I hope, I hope, uh, we, people take you up on that next time you're in Denver. Um, and I think that the net, when you settle down to a hospital, you're going to bring a lot, uh, to that assignment, Abby. I think that you have a lot of, uh, skills that uh, I certainly appreciate as, you know, leading guardian nurses, but, um, Congratulations to you on a successful career in travel nursing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And uh, happy trails to you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And continue doing the wonderful work that you're doing. It's so wonderful, the program that you've also set up and just always inspires me to see all of the different avenues that you can take nursing. Yes, exactly. It's a wonderful career. And and make sure you tell your father that. Over Thanksgiving. (laughs) I will. All right. Take care, Abby. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. If you have any questions that you would like us to address in a future episode, please email us at podcast at guardiannurses.com. That email again is podcast at guardiannurses.com. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for joining us this week. You can find the Lighting Your Way podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, YouTube, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you liked what you heard, tell a friend and leave us a review. You can learn all about Guardian Nurses Healthcare Advocates on our website, guardiannurses.com. So until next time, find some joy in your life, pet all the good doggies and kitties, and remember to tell your people that you love them. Take care.